Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoyed the message. This was our last week of our series, Best Friends. We've been For Youth Life, we've been going through a series about... Um, how to be a friend, how to pick a friend, and how Jesus needs to be the center of our friendships. And one of the things that that I've gotten out of this series is that it's helped me understand and pick friends better. Also to the fact that I need to be a better friend, but at the same time, to pick to pick the friends that that are gonna help me out the most. And and when when you have a friendship that that doesn't seem to go that like Especially if you're following a friend that's not as beneficial, it can really, and, and that, those were the friendships I really had as a teenager where, where I was just following whatever they did. I didn't care. It, it, I didn't care about my opinion or what I thought about what they did, even though it wasn't beneficial or maybe it was something that I shouldn't have followed. But I did it anyways because as a kid and even as a teenager and sometimes even now, sometimes I like to blend in to be loved by people. And doing that, in that regard, you lose yourself. So this series was really put on my heart a couple of months ago to actually talk about what type of friends that we need. But uh, to recap, the first week we talked about following the crowd. I talked about how we need to start leading our friends rather than just following whatever they do. Week two, I talked about um, Jesus being the center of your friendships. Without Jesus in your friendships... It will never last and it won't create a, a, an impact in your life. It'll just be another friend in the wind. Week four, I, or week three, I talked about Jonathan and David. I talked about the relationships and the friendships that matter. So for the last week, it's perfect because for the 412ers, it's, it's about Jesus, but, but it's a message that I think will resonate with anybody. It doesn't even have to be a part of the series. It could be its own standalone message. But our theme scripture for this, for this whole series has been Proverbs 18.24. Friends come and friends go, but a true friend sticks by you like family. And the Lord spoke this, this scripture to me when I first started the message, and I didn't know why he gave it to me. Even though it, it makes sense because it's talking about friendships. But one of the things that we, that I got to take, um, when I was in school, when I was in Bible college, we, we studied a lot of theology. And one of the things we started to realize was even in the New Testament and the Old Testament, Jesus was in every single bit of scripture in both Old and New Testament. And this piece of scripture, I truly believe that true friend that Proverbs is talking about is Jesus. I know a lot of us have true friends and, and we have like these very close best friends that we love and adore. But I truly believe that Jesus is that true best friend. Reason being is because he does it way better than any of us ever could. To compare to being friends with Jesus, he will be, he is the old, I made a good example last week about Jonathan when I talked about Jonathan and David. But, but the main person that I believe is the perfect picture of a true best friend is Jesus. So the title of this message for our third and fourth and, yeah, it's the third and final week. No, it's the fourth week. I'm sorry. Fourth week, the fourth and final week of this series is what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. There's this song off of the new Maverick City and Elevation album called Talking to Jesus. I don't know. Has anyone heard it? 
a few. You know, but nobody knows Maverick City. But but it was a song called Talking to Jesus, and it's talking about prayer. And it's and it's a really good song. I'm actually going to be doing a series in September about it because I really want to focus on the on the topic of prayer. But but one of the things in the phrase of the song, he says, "What a friend we have in Jesus." So that's been a saying that's been around for a long time. If you haven't been churched, th- this has been around since like the late '70s, early '80s. What a friend we have in Jesus. This it's been all it's been everywhere. You've heard it before, but it. It never took root in my heart the way he said, what a friend we have in Jesus. Because, because I thought it was just some simplistic phrase. I really didn't care about it. But one of the things that I, I realized was that, like, it's the, it's, it's, it's the awe of what a friend I have in Jesus. What a friend I have, even though I might not have that many or I might not have the best of friends, but what a friend I have in Jesus. I have a story and I wasn't going to, I didn't want to start off. I always start off trying to be funny, but this might sound a little depressing, but that's okay. Just bear with me. So, so I had a really close friend before I went into uh, junior high from, from children's church to junior high. And he was a close friend of mine. I trusted him. He was, he was someone I like, I, I like I talked to all the time. Like he was someone that was really trustworthy. Like he, you, I could tell, like he just, I could trust him with anything that I said. So one time I was really struggling with some stuff and, and it was with sin in particular and I didn't know who to talk to. So one of, so I talked to him one time and I said, bro, I, I just need to get this off my chest. And he said, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll talk to you and stuff like that. So I was, I'm what, 10, 11 years old, almost 12, talking to a, a little bit of an older friend of mine about this issue that I have. And I'm like, bro, like, I don't know how to, like, how to deal with this and stuff like that. Like just some struggles that I was dealing with. And he was just receptive. He was just listening like, yeah, yeah, like he was a good listener. So I was very, very thankful that he didn't, you know, just give me advice. Because sometimes you don't need advice. You just need someone to hear you. You just need to get something off your chest. And that was what he was doing for me. I didn't need any advice. I just, I knew what to do. It's just I needed to get it out somehow. So for him to listen was a blessing. So he said, bro, if you ever need to someone to listen to you again, I'm here. I'm here for you. So I was like, cool. Like, I'm like, I got that really close friend I can talk to, like, all the time about anything. Like, I, there was this security that was, that was open for me to trust this guy. So two weeks later, two weeks later, some, some, some other people in, in children's church, some of the students that were there in, in the children's church were, were saying stuff about what I was dealing with. And I was confused for a moment. I was like, well, how do they know? I didn't, I didn't tell them anything. And that's when I trailed back and I realized that friend I trusted didn't talk to me for weeks. And he just threw out all my information to all these other people that I, that I didn't want knowing about my stuff. And, and that was the moment that I, that I figured out that because of that, all of my other friendships I've had as a teenager and even sometimes up till now, there's a lot of trust issues, mainly because of the main trauma of betrayal as a kid. The, the way I want to talk about it, the first segment, I have a few segments in this message. The first segment I want to talk about is the betrayal of a friend. How do you respond to betrayal? One of the biggest things that we often do when we have, when there's betrayal, it's brokenness. That's the first thing. But for some of us, 
with amazing personalities, we get bitter and feisty about it. But, but for me, I really got just, I was just confused and I was broken. I was like, why? Like I had no, I had no understanding of why. And, and it's like, how do you respond to betrayal like that when you don't even understand it in the first hand? That was my first betrayal of a friend. And I think you know where I'm coming from. And even when I say it, you're like, man, that sounds familiar. And it kind of hurts in a way because, because you've dealt with betrayal from a friend before. And one of the things that helped me through this was, I know it sounds cliche, but it was Jesus. But really, in reality, and I want to preach this to you, Jesus meets a greater need as a friend than any other friend would meet in a lifetime. Jesus meets a greater need than anybody else. And this is for all my people persons in here, everyone who's a people person. The presence, the presence of God meets a greater need than the presence of people. Because a healthy people person is someone who loves people. An unhealthy per- people person is someone who just wants to be in the presence of people. And there's an issue when you're always just being with people, you're just using their presence or you're just using their time, but not genuinely loving people. And this is not to bash any people person. I'm a people person, but I love people. And the thing is, is that when you love someone, you're going to respect them. You're going to honor their time, honor their wishes. That's the way you love people. And when it comes to the presence of God, the presence of God, what it does is that the the two differences of this, the presence of people will only suppress the pain that you deal with. But the presence of God transforms your pain into purpose. That's what the presence of God does. But because we're so used to going to people, we will only suppress what is eventually supposed to be changed in Christ. That's the difference between the presence of God and the presence of people. But back to what I was saying. The betrayal becomes that of when we solely rely on others. Now, I'm not neglecting any betrayal that you've had or any type of betrayal that you have felt pain about. But when we solely rely on the expectation of expecting other people, they don't deserve to be expected like that. They don't deserve that. The reason why is because if you expect that on a person, you will be extremely disappointed. But it's not until you start to realize that Christ is the greatest expectation to fulfill a need in a friendship. He's the only one that can fulfill that need. And it's not until we start to realize that in the betrayal, that's when Jesus meets us in the midst of the betrayal. Proverbs 18.24, I want to go back to it, but I'm reading the NIV. It says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Friendships can often fail us, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother and is always consistent, and that is Jesus. It is Jesus. Out of everything out of my life, that I have dealt with, with people, with friendships, with relationships, Jesus has been the only one that has stayed through it all. I mean that. Jesus has been the only one that has stayed through every single bit and piece of what I've gone through. And if you start to realize that he's always been there, you will start to appreciate him more. Because we don't see him when we're dealing with those issues with the people that have betrayed us. But as we start to realize, God, you were there when they betrayed me. You stood by my side when they left me. You start to realize God meets 
those needs. But we don't realize it because we're trying to cope pain rather than transform it. Because you can, you can, you can facade it this all the time. We facade our pain to where we can look good on the outside, to where nobody can come any closer and we can't be changed. But Jesus does not change the external stuff. He's always looking for the inside, to change the inside. That's what he wants to change. He doesn't want to change anything about your appearance. He doesn't want to change anything about your circumstance. He really doesn't care about your circumstance. Not that he doesn't love you, but he would rather change the inside of you than change your circumstance. He would rather do that. But we so often think that external stuff can heal inner stuff. We always think that. That things on the outside, circumstances on the outside, can fix what is deep within us. And that is the lie of the devil telling you that things on the outside can help you with pain on the inside. It can't. Social media can't heal your pain. Video games can't heal your pain. These things, TikTok can't heal your pain. I tried it. When I was in pain, I watched three or four hours of TikTok. Guess what? I felt like I had an ulcer. That's how bad it was. It was horrible. But when you rely on external stuff, stuff that's on the outside, stuff that's not actually working on the inside, it's never going to work. It's, I don't know how, what kind of good illustration. It's just like, it's just the opposite of the two. The Lord is keen on working on the inside of you. That's why, that's why I believe Jesus is the ultimate best friend because he meets a need as a best friend than any other best friend that you have. John 15, 12 through 15. This is Jesus at the Last Supper about to be crucified, but he tells his disciples this. I command this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business is. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. My next segment is the friendship that actually matters. Last week I talked about the friendships that matter, but I want to talk to you about the friendship that actually does matter, and that's a friendship with Christ. That's the ultimate friendship. Because like I said, he meets a greater need than anyone else in this room. Jesus laid down his life for his friends. He said in the scripture, he laid down his life. He said, no greater love is this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jonathan was a great example, but I believe Jesus and ultimately Christ is the biggest example of a friend. He laid down his life for you so that he wanted to be friends with you. Not just so that you can get into heaven. Salvation is not just to get into heaven. I truly believe that is to, it's to also have a relationship with God right now. It's for right now. It's not for later. It's not for everything else. Oh, I got my ticket to heaven. Now I'm good. Now, now I'm, now I'm Gucci. I'm walking on water. No, you need God in your relationships now because it will make it so much better. I have realized that, that spending my life in a relationship with God has been so much more beneficial than being in relationships with people that will leave me. And I realized it, but I never stopped it. But I had to realize something, that God meets the need when I'm in a relationship with him. When I solely listen and obey 
to what God is calling me to do. And I'm telling you, God loves you more. Jesus loves you more than any other friend that you have. It's when, it's when you start to realize, like I said, because that's how we think. That's our mentality. I hate to say that, but it's a lot of our mentalities that we just get saved and then we're off to heaven. We're saved and now I got my ticket on, uh, in the seats of heaven. No, 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 no. It's not just for that. It's also for you to be friends with Christ now. Now. Not later. Not in, not until you pass away. Now. But we are so keen on just, we're in heaven. We're going to be in heaven. I'm fine with that. But, but God wants you to have a relationship now. He doesn't want you to wait till later. He wants it now with you. And sometimes we miss that because we are not, it's not that you don't love Jesus because I've loved Jesus and I've rebelled against him countless times and I love Christ. I think it's the fact that because of what we do and our habits that we keep doing cause us to miss the mark when we're supposed to have a relationship with God now. Salvation is the ticket to heaven, but the relationship with God is almost as great because why would he just get a ticket for me and then never see him again? I get to meet with Jesus now. He gets to be friends with me now. He died for me so I can be friends with him now. So I can be friends with him now. He laid down his life. He made a shift to his disciples because up until now, they have only been his students. They have not been anything else but his students, and he was the master. But one of the things that he he shifts right here is he calls him his friends. And I thought to myself, and I was like, why would he call him his friends this late in his in his ministry. Why didn't he say it way before that? Like he could have done that. But God kind of stirred that in my heart and I, and I kind of realized this. I think Christ really did that to picture for us that, hey, I'm going to die for you so that we can be friends. So I'm going to die for you so we can have a genuine fr- relationship and friendship because he hasn't told his disciples anything. They were just they, he was teaching them the parables. He was, he was helping them perform the miracles. That's what he was doing. But one of the things that he says at the end is, you are my friends. And he reveals that to him, to them because he's about to die and resurrect so that we can have a friendship with him. That's why he did it. That's why he said it last minute. And I think in here, a lot of us have been betrayed by these friends that we thought are our true friends. Like in Proverbs 18, 24, a true friend. But that true friend can one day disappoint. But Jesus, the true friend, will never disappoint. He will never let you down. He will never abandon you nor forsaken you. He will always be by your side. There's a difference between his presence and his, there's a difference between feeling his presence and him actually just being present. God is always present with you. There are moments in, in prayer where you can get into his presence, but there are some times where you can just be present with him, that he's present in your troubles, that he's present in your depression, that he's present in those places where, where you don't know where to turn to or how to breathe or, or like you have this despair, but God's already always in that place. He's always in that place but we can miss it because we're expecting this crazy magical presence of God. But really all this time, God has been present with you because that's what a true friend does. They're always present and God's always present with you. We can't see it because we're always thinking about his 
presence. Oh, the presence of God. Well, He's always present. He's always there with you. This promise extends to us in verse 14, where Jesus calls us His friends when we live in obedience to His commands. My third segment that I want to talk about is talking to Jesus. And this is a series I'm going to do in September, but I want to give you a, a, a little nugget, a little snip picket of, of what I'm going to be preaching in September. So many of us, and, and, this might, and this might change your perspective. I don't know. You might think I'm crazy. You might think it's just different. But, but, but we have given Jesus a wrong perspective when we pray to him. A lot of times, and I want to say this right. I wrote it down. I want to say this right. We become weirdly religious and spiritual when talking to Jesus. But sometimes it helps to simply think and treat Jesus like you would a close friend. Me, I will tell you right now, and this might sound, this might sound bad, but if you hear this with spiritual ears, you'll understand me. We treat Jesus with so much reverence that we miss the relationship. And that's why we can't talk to him because we feel like he's just up there. He's this magical being that I can't reach, that he doesn't really hear my prayers. He's just going to stay up there. But if we start treating it in the balance, I'm not saying not to reverence God. You're supposed to reverence. The Bible constantly talks about how he's the almighty. He's the Lord of the universe. He's the son of God like this. You're supposed to reverence him. But if you are constantly reverencing him and never genuinely talking to him, you'll never talk to him. I don't, I, I would rather talk to God like I talk to a homie. I'd rather talk to God like I would talk to a homie rather than pray this, this holier than thou prayer that I'm really just trying to make up in my head, but it's not legit. It's not fluid. It's not natural. I'm just hearing stuff that I've heard in church and I'm just doing this and that. If I start to learn to pray to God, not like, oh, holy is thou, brethren of God, Christ Almighty. Oh, your cup is amazing. Whatever. This holy, holy thou, thee, this, than prayer. But one of the things that I've realized, I did this Tuesday. And I, and I said, I said, Lord, uh, you know, I had a really good day today. I was just having a conversation with him. I just said, I just said, bro. <laughs> I said, dude. <laughs> I said, I said, Lord, I uh, thank you for the message. Like I was thanking him for the message that, that he gave me today. And I was like, man, this is really going to, this is really going to, I hope this really uh, reaches some of the students' hearts. And he's like, I know, right? <laughs> he's like, I know. <laughs> and, and, and just having that conversation, like, like God, like I had a great time at work and simple stuff like that starts the habit of talking to Jesus over and over and over. If you're constantly thinking that you have to be, you have to be on vacation, you need to have like the right balcony with your Bible in front of the table and start praising God. No, you can praise God when you're at, I know for some of my high school students, you can praise God at work in lunch break. You can pray to the Lord on lunch break. I can pray, I, obviously this is my, like this is my career and I can do this all the time, but for some of us, there's a moment where you can genuinely just talk to Jesus like you're talking to a close friend. The first thing you're going to feel like is, man, I feel like I'm talking to myself. That's how you're going to feel in the beginning. But once you begin the habit of actually talking to him and not, because trust me, there are some moments when I'm in some deep stuff, when I'm in some rough seasons, I'm praying, Lord, help me. Lord, rescue me. Lord, deliver me. But there are some moments where I'm like, yeah, I had a good day. I had a fun day. 
Lord, thank you for this day. This was really, this was a really good day today. If I learn to just do that, it sounds dumb in the beginning, but if I start to do that, then the conversation with Jesus starts. The conversation with Christ begins. So I want to encourage you. If you've been feeling like, G- like you can't talk to Jesus because he's this distant figure, when in reality, he's right here, then you'll start to talk to him more often. Because when we treat him with too much reverence and no relationship, we will not begin to talk to him. We won't. You have to balance between reverence and relationship. You have to balance the two. And that's why I feel like sometimes we can't talk because we've been told all this stuff about how he does this and and he does like he's this almighty thing and it gets intimidating. And he is, he is almighty, but he's also loving enough to meet us where we're at and actually listen to our conversation when we talk to him. Talking to Jesus, the way you do it is you talk to him like a close friend. You have to talk to him like that. He wants to be the type of relationship with you, one that is full of comfort, openness, and affection. Jesus is the safest place you will ever tell your issues to. The safest place you can unload all the junk that's school, all the junk that's going on in your life, in your home, in your friendships. Jesus is literally the one that you can dump it on because he can handle it. I promise you, I've realized I should not dump all my stuff on certain people because not because they, they don't care. It's just, it's, sometimes it's too much. Sometimes your junk is too much. Okay. Sometimes it's too much. But when you realize that Christ is the one that can actually handle the stuff that you have, that's when you start to realize that he's the ultimate place that you can go to because some people can handle it. I mean, because some of us, because I can talk too. Some of us are just talkative. We can just talk. But when we start to realize that God is the ultimate listener and can actually take all of our stuff and, and, and handle it, dude, I'm telling you right now, I've given God more of my junk than anybody in my life. I'm close with my mom. I don't even tell my mom. Obviously, you don't really try to tell your mom stuff. But like, but like, like even some of my closest friends, I don't tell them stuff how I tell Jesus stuff. Because Jesus is the one I trust the most. Because he's the safest place you can go to. The bottom line is this. Jesus calls us his friends. That, that encourages me. That, that makes me excited and hopeful realizing that he's not just the God of the universe, but he wants to be my friend. That's exciting. Because it's like, it's like all these people that might have left you or have left me, whatever that has looked like, the God of the universe wants to be your best friend. That's the weird, like think about that. For just a, a, a split second, the, the, the spirit, the thing, the spirit, the biggest thing in the universe, in our entire galaxy, holding, holding the universe and probably in the palm of his hand, wants to be your best friend. It's the weirdest thing. Usually kings and stuff like that that we hear in stories and movies, they're not the nicest people. But, but, but the king that we serve is not like the other ones. He's more loving. He's more, he's more approachable. He's more loving and, and merciful. And if it can always be our perspective, how we see Jesus and how we see Christ in our eyes. But Jesus calls us his friends. John 14, 15, the same 
basically part of the same same passage. If you love me, keep my commands. This is a very simple and practical next step into, because you can hear it as like, oh, Jesus, you can hear Jesus saying this. Some of us hear it this way. Oh, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Basically what he's saying to some of us is that if you don't keep my commands, you do not love me. And I don't think in reality, if you hear the tone, because this is the text. This is not some emotional thing that you can hear. This is no tone. This is the scripture. In this, in this passage, Jesus is giving them this encouragement in the Last Supper. Cause this is, cause the Last Supper represents the community with him and his disciples. And it was the last thing that he did with them before he went and died. So one of the things that it, that I started to realize was, it's not that if you keep my commands, you love me. I truly believe it means when you start to love me, you will automatically keep my commands. You'll automatically keep them. But it's not until we start loving Christ and then we start keeping his commandments. We, we always, because if you look at it that way, that's a good, that's a, that's a work mindset. That's a religious working mindset. But if you look at it as like, if I really love Jesus, if I start to realize that I genuinely love Jesus, I'll start to realize I'm going to keep his commands. But I'm not just talking about sin. We already know that. I'm not just talking about just laws and stuff like that, but I'm talking about his will for your life. I'm talking about the plan that he has for your life, the purpose that he's calling you to. I'm not just talking about regular stuff that you might hear when you hear that phrase, hear my, keep my commands. I'm talking about like if he says, Hey, Dakota, go and, <laughs> Hey, Dakota, go encourage someone this week. Something like that. Oh, Charlie, go pray for someone this week. Okay, Jesus. All right. Oriana, go and, and lay hands on a friend and pray for them and, and, and speak blessing into their lives. That is, in a way, keeping his commands, his will for your life. Whether he wants you to preach, whether he wants you to be a doctor, maybe he wants you to be a football player, who knows? He'll give you something. But, but the biggest thing is that, because, because the way I'm loving Christ right now is I'm obeying what he's called me to, which is this. Right now, what I'm doing, he's called me to this. And if I love him, I will keep the command that he's given me. And this is how I show my love to Christ. Now, you don't have to prove anything to him. He just wants to give you an example. Hey, if you want to be my friend, if I tell you to go, to go, to go maybe minister to someone, go love on someone, go pray for someone, obey it. I pray you obey it. If God gives you anything to do, if he tells you to do something, that could change somebody else's life, could maybe minister to you as well, I pray that you do it. Because I'm telling you right now, there's a benefit and there's a blessing when you do that for God and other people. The two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and people. That is the greatest command of all time. And you know what's cool? You know how he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He says, if you love me, you will keep those two commandments. You will love me and you will love my people. That is what he really genuinely wants us to do. But when it comes to the friendships, are we genuinely doing that? In our friendships, if we love God, are we genuinely loving our neighbor as ourself? And are we genuinely loving God?
Because there's another scripture that Jesus said. He said, if you take care, if you come see that man in the, see the man in the prison, if you take care of the widow, all this stuff, if you do this, you are doing it like as you are doing it unto me. That's what he said. He said, basically, basically what he's saying is like, yo, me, Jesus, I'm the prisoner. Jesus, I'm the, I'm the, Jesus is the widow. He's saying, if you take care of these people, it's like doing it unto Christ. Like you're doing it to Jesus. But there, but he said there will be people that will say, because he'll tell them, why didn't you come see me in prison? Why didn't you take care of me? All this stuff. And the, and the people will say, what do you mean? We didn't even know that you were, that you were in prison. We didn't even know that you needed help. And Jesus corrected them and he said, if you don't take care of these things as you would do unto me, then you don't love me. The, the challenge is, is that if I love Christ, I have to obey his commands. I have to. Ask yourself, and this is not to be like, man, do I really? like? This is self-evaluation. This is for you to think in your own head, to evaluate yourself. Do I truly, question, do I truly love Jesus? Not in a way of like, do you truly love Jesus? You don't really love Jesus. No, no, no. Ask yourself the question, okay, do I really love Jesus? Okay, let's see. Self-evaluation, re-seeing things in your life that does it show, do I really love Christ? Not in a way of like, do I really? Not in that attitude, but in the attitude of, okay, let's see. Do I genuinely? I got to make sure. This is to help you stay in step with Christ. Where it's like, okay, do I truly love him? Okay, what what am I not doing? What what do I feel like I'm misstepping? What am I missing? Because we'll miss it. We'll miss it sometimes. But if you start to go back and retrace and actually see how you can, how you can, how do I say that? How you can actually serve people as you would do to Christ, you'll start to realize it more and you'll be able to do it more. Cause you won't do it better, you'll just do it more. Because, because the gospel, the kingdom is not being better, it's about being more. It's not just you about doing the best you, that you can. It's doing the most that you can. Because we'll never do as good as Christ. We'll never be better than Christ. But we, but because of Him, we are more. Whenever He leads you this week, be in tune with Jesus and ask Him how you can obey His will for your life. Like I said, not just the sin, we get that. Not just the laws and stuff that are put in the scriptures. Yes, we get that. But his will, what he's called you to, are you obedient to it? But but I want to leave with this one thing. I want you to apply this this week. It's not that, it's kind of spiritual. It's just very easy. Obey Jesus, exclamation point. Obey Jesus, exclamation point. I think I have it on the screen. It's on there. I'm not even looking at it. Obey, huh? I actually put six. I'm sorry. (laughs) I put six exclamation points. Obey Jesus exclamation point six times or seven times number of completion. But, but when you start to obey God, when you start to obey Jesus this week, you start to see things happening in your life. That is just like, wow, like this seems like a blessing because, because because even Jesus said when he was washing the disciples' feet, he said, if you serve each other, there's a blessing to it. Not just some type of blessing, because when we think of the blessing and the favor of God, it's not just about convenience. If we think our life is going well, we think that confirms the favor of God. That's not the favor of God. 
Because we think the favor of God is if my life is going good or better. That's how we think. But the favor of God is something like this. I believe that the favor of God is upon me, not because of how great my life is going, but where he has brought me to, where I am now. If you realize how God is involving you in his, in his gospel, in his mission, that's the favor of God. That's the blessing of God. I don't consider the blessing of God a convenience. I consider from Scripture the blessing of God is that He is with me even in the midst of disaster. That's where He's at. He's not in those, in those nice places and, you know, neighborhoods and whatnot. He's, he's in the places where there's a, there's a tornado happening. Like, like He's in those places. He's in those places. So I want you to obey Jesus this week. And if you do, you can re- see the blessing, but not the way you think, but, but there is a blessing there. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to finish this off before we, so we can get to the giveaway. Whoever can come up here to play keys. Um, tonight, it's time to focus on your friendship with Jesus. Instead of treating Him like a distant cosmic being or like an insurance policy, you just use Him when you want to. Get up close and personal with him tonight. Talk to him like you would to your close friend. Like to your close friend. And ask him how you can live in obedience to the things he wants you to do and through you. Because I believe everyone in here has a purpose. You have a purpose. You might not know it yet because you're probably only like, what, 12, 13, 14, 12? You might be young in here, but God has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you. No distractions. I want you to keep your eyes closed. I want you to understand this moment. I want to pray for two groups of people in here. If you're, if you're in here really struggling, really struggling with, with maybe a betrayal, maybe some rejection in a friendship, you're, de- you're still dealing with this stuff, because we've been talking about it for the past three weeks, but, but you've been dealing with a lot, a lot of rejection issues, a lot of, a lot of betrayal. And you just realize, Jacob, I need to realize that Jesus is going to be with me and be my real best friend. If that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, and you have been dealing with some betrayal, and you're like, Jacob, I need to realize that Christ is my actual best friend. I want you to boldly raise your hand right now. Thank you, Jesus. I see a hand. See that hand too. Thank you, Jesus. You can throw your hand back down. The second group of people I want to talk to is if you've been having an issue talking to Jesus and you're like, Jacob, I feel like he's just this, this almighty being that I feel like I can't talk to. If you're struggling and you want Christ to, to help you realize that you can talk to him, I want you to boldly raise your hand. You're having a problem talking to Jesus. I see your hands. 
Jacob, I want to talk to Jesus like I talk to a friend. You can throw your hand back down. Father, I thank you for every hand that's been lifted in this room. Lord, there are some people in here that are that are aching in pain with with betrayal from a best from a close friend that they trusted. Father, I ask, Lord, that you meet them and you exchange with them that you are their best friend. That you are a friend that they can go to in a time of need. That you can go to them in a place where, where even though they have all these other great friends, Lord, they just feel like it's just not enough. They feel like they need to go to something that cannot just suppress their pain but change it. That, they can, that you can change it, Lord. That you can restore their hearts from the betrayal, from the rejection from the pain. Father, we pray a healing from the rejection and and the betrayal that they have felt. And Lord, let them understand that you are that friend that they need, Lord. What a friend we have in you. Now, Lord, for all the people that raise their hand about talking to you, Lord, they don't have to make some majestic prayer. They don't have to pray this, this, poetry prayer Lord to you Lord all they got to do is just create a conversation with you or maybe about how their day went how school went Lord how are their relationships maybe they'll talk to you about their friendships Lord help them Lord give them the revelation and the ability to talk to you like they would talk to a close friend Father I ask Lord that you bless and anoint every single person that lifted their hands father that lord that they understand that they are not betrayed by you that they are not abandoned by you that they're not rejected by you lord that you accept them in the times of rejection that you're there in the rejection so that we can be accepted by you and father i pray lord for everyone that needs to hear from you to be like hey you can talk to me i'm not just some terrifying figure I want to be your best friend, your, your, your true friend, your lo- a loving father to you. I want to be that for you. Lord, reveal that to them, that they can talk to you in times when they're struggling, when they're dealing with stuff, Lord, that they can go to you for anything. Father, we thank you for this message. Lord, thank you for this message personally. Because, Father, we know that we need you in our lives, in our friendships, relationships, places that we go Lord without you Lord everything doesn't go great everything falls apart everything feels like it just doesn't make sense but Lord with you we can learn to trust you we can learn to know that we don't have to know all the details Lord that we know that we can trust you with all our hearts even though it doesn't make sense Lord we know that it's in your hands Father we thank you and we praise you for everything that you're doing and everything that you're going to do and it's in Jesus name we pray amen